everyone. This is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Uh, today is Monday, January 27th, uh, 2020. Uh, we've got a fun podcast to do today. Um, there's a topic that, for those of you who have been reading my um, columns on Forbes over the past uh, year and a half or so, I'm a big fan of um, kind of probing into the whole um, cord cutting topic, which is a very hot topic. It seems every time I write something on it, it gets read 40, 50, 60,000 times. So it's, I don't think that has anything to do with the fact that I'm a great writer. I think it has everything to do with the, the fact that it's a very hot topic for a lot of people. And I've got a couple of folks on the line that will be participating in today's podcast who are two terrific people. Um, one of which, uh, one of whom I know very, very well. Uh, they're writers, and uh, one's a web producer for the Houston Chronicle. But let me introduce first of all Dwight Silverman, who is the techno- technology editor for the Houston Chronicle, and uh, and um, a, a guy that, in all full disclosure, I've known uh, Dwight. How long have I known you, Dwight? Twenty years. Oh man. Since probably the early 90s, I would say. Yes. Uh, the way that I met Dwight was when I was a newbie product manager back in the, uh, my God, it was in the early 1990s. We were kind of talking offline before the uh, podcast began that we were around when there were still three and a half inch floppy drives um, in uh, computers. That's how far we go back. But it's been an interesting road, you know, kind of looking back at each of our careers. And I l- would love to get Dwight uh, to talk a little bit about it. And then we'll talk to uh, J.R. Gonzalez who uh, works with Dwight at the Chronicle, and uh, we'll dive deep into, the, into this uh, fun, fun cord-cutting topic. But let's a little talk about, about, your, about your background, Dwight, because I think the audience will be interested in that. Um, I've, been, I've been writing about technology in one form or fashion probably since the mid-'80s, and, uh, and in the early 90s, I became the technology beat reporter and columnist at the Chronicle and covered uh, Compaq in its heyday. Yes, uh, biggest computer company in the world um and uh i've you know i've done a bunch of different things at the chronicle since then i've i have uh i was the original news editor for cron.com uh the first iteration of our website i was the first social media manager i managed the blogs on our site when that was a thing but the whole time i've continued to uh write about technology and have, it's just been a fascinating ride to look at where it was then to where it is today. And, and, and the only thing I would point out to the audience, is for those of you um, who look at, uh, uh, read uh, Dwight's blog, Dwight is one of the, uh, he, you really should be the, the cuisine editor in, in Houston because you have gone, you know, you, and I love your food palette because your food palette is consistent with mine. You know the best <laughs> hamburger places in, in, in the city of Houston, which is interesting to me because I did live in Houston for 10 years and Houston's one of the greatest cities in the world to eat. You know, it's a, it really is. There's some fabulous restaurants, but I digress. Uh, JR, let's talk a little bit about your background. I know you've been with the Chronicle for some time. Yeah, um, I joined the Chronicle in about, I believe, around it was around 2007 as a copy editor. Um, I used to be a reporter before that uh, over in Corpus Christi and in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, and then I uh, made the transition over to the copy desk. And then uh, sometime along the way, I, I made the transition over to online. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was helping to manage their their uh, subscri- subscription-based website, HoustonChronicle.com. And uh, worked with Dwight uh, a little bit on that too uh, for a period, and um, kind of in my spare time too, I I, I'm, I curate Bayou City History, which is sort of the um, allows me to do a deep dive into our archive of, of photos and clips and articles uh, going back going back 100 plus years, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of a hobby of mine. So 
Um, but uh, that's kind of that's kind of my my background there. Well, I'm very happy to have you on the podcast today, and uh, because it's going to be a fun one, and I love to get you know multiple perspectives on topics like cord cutting because different age groups and different people come at it in different ways. And w- why don't we start start it uh, uh, start the podcast with a question to both of you? Is that what what do you think? You know, and I'll, I want each of you to answer this question. I'll give you a couple of minutes each. What is the biggest mis- uh, misconception? about cord cutting. I mean, um, you know, I have my own views on it. There's obviously industry views on what the definition of cord cutting is. But Dwight, from your perspective, you know, what do you think the biggest um, misconception um, is about cord cutting when someone says, you know what, I do want to save a few bucks. I want to cut the cord. And what do you, th- you know, what do you think the challenges and, and, and issues that people typically run into? I think there are two right now, and they've changed over time. But the mm-hmm. two right now are... Um, Number one, that it's easy to find what you want uh, online, and that's actually the hardest part. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people, drop their cable. Uh, they um, and they do it kind of emotionally, uh, based on you know getting angry over a high cable bill or bad. <laughs> exactly, service, that's right. That's right. right. And uh-huh. then and then when they get ready to kind of find the stuff that they used to watch in the way they used to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes very difficult and you really have to kind of think it through before you start it. And then I think the, and, and that is actually has been the case, I think almost from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, is that it's uh, it's, it's not always easy to find what you want. The other is that uh, it will save you a huge amount of money and uh, will save you that money for the long term. Uh, that is changing as um, a, a lot of the, uh, providers for kind of faux cable services find themselves having to increase their costs and uh, you end up uh, you know if you depending on the services you subscribe to you can easily approach the cost of a cable subscription that is correct you know I think we can end the podcast right there because I think you nailed both things the reason why you know, I, the reason why I think that's so insightful is that I think the first first and foremost, I think you actually absolutely nailed it, Dwight. Most people when they contemplate I'm gonna cut the cord, they do it with some type of emotional event happen. They you know, they did get a high bill, they're just they just don't want to spend two hundred and fifty bucks a month or whatever the hell they're spending, you know, frankly, uh, for cable or their satellite subscription. And what they don't do, and it's actually fairly straightforward easy to do, is first and foremost understand what you're watching. You know, because most people, most studies that have been done, regardless of the number of channels that people have with linear cable or, or, or linear satellite, is that the, most people watch the same 10 to 15 channels 90% of the time. And now the cable companies are not going to give you that information. I mean, because that, that will make the exercise to go cut the cord <laughs> easier. So you almost have to take a pad of paper and say, okay, on Mondays I watch these three channels. On, on this channel I watch these nine channels. And because that really dramatically helps, you know, then do the, your homework on, you know, what premium services you want to subscribe to. There, you, know, now, you know, one of the things that have happened over the last uh, few years is n- many of the premium content services just don't do they're not just like netflix which they make um they they uh, they they produce um you know uh d- developed uh, content but they provide live live channels as well so if you don't know exactly what channels you tend to watch that makes that exercise a lot harder but uh let's let me pivot over to jr and get his perspective what do you think jr are you know the biggest mispers um uh, misconceptions or the troubles that people kind of run into when they decide to cut the cord from your perspective 
Well, I think I think Dwight uh, really hit the nail on the head there. But if I, if I could add anything regarding regarding you know people thinking that this is going to be an easy process, it's one thing I want to add to that is that it really you really have mm. to sit down and and think about um, what kind of a TV viewer you are. And I think you touched on this too with no, the number of channels that a person watches uh, over mm-hmm. time. Um, but it's also just um, you know your habits in terms of like. Uh, do you watch? Do you make time out of your week to watch a specific show at a certain time of the day because that's when it's broadcast, or mm-hmm. or, or something like that? And, and I'm not that kind of person. I'm and 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 I'm the kind of person that has the TV on as sort of background noise in a way, um, and it's always stuck on a, a, you know a, a particular channel. Maybe like right now, I'm just I'm just it's on CNN right now, mm-hmm. and that's just part of my routine um, as far as as far as my habits are concerned. And so you really have to sit down and think about. And think about what kind of a viewer you are, at least in terms of the programming that you watch and when you watch it, and for how long do you watch it? Right, right. And you know, and again, I was you know I was um, alluding to the, some of these studies that have been done because that's part of the work that I do at More Insights. Is that um, the studies uh, repeatedly come back? Is that most people care about you know? And again, there's exceptions to this, but most people care about when they talk about live TV. They're very much focused on um, local news, local weather, local sports. Now, that's not to say that people don't watch you know, live television outside of their, their geographic area, but those tend to be the big deals that people care about, and that will go to the whole over-the-air topic that we'll talk about in a few moments. But, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, the one thing I want to ask each of you, though, and, you know, Dwight brought another good point up, is that even when you, you're armed with that information, okay, I've got a nice le- uh, yellow legal pad, I've done, you know, my own, you know, research, you know, for myself, and I understand what channels I watch and the duration um, period. To your point, uh, Jr. is, you know, one thing that is really hard to do. Then is trying to scan, you know, the universe of all the different streaming services out there, and then make an intelligent choice because there's there is so many. I mean, it's not like just there's one or two to choose from. There's you know easily five or six, and then when you go into some of the more specialized services that have tier offerings and specialized offerings, um, it becomes a very confusing thing. But there are tools out there. There are website tools out there that help you run through that selection and do a good job of, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm a cable subscriber and I want, to, I want to choose these channels. What are the best services that map to those channels? Do you agree with that, uh, Dwight? Uh, yes. And, and I think that it's, um, you know, the other thing that's helpful is that almost all of these kind of faux cable packages that look like a cable bundle mm-hmm. uh, also all have trial periods. Yes. And so you could go in through each one of them that's usually about a week. And and what I recommend for people who are interested in doing that is that they just walk through them and not touch their cable TV remote mm-hmm. and just use this um, the trial period and only use the uh, the I guess they're sometimes called virtual bundles or skinny bundles. Yes, right. And and uh, and, and live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if if that's the kind of um, if you're kind of like Jr. where you know you essentially kind of want to have. Uh, I know Jr. is also kind of a channel surfer where he'll you know go from mm-hmm. channel to channel to channel. Mm-hmm. And but my recommendation as people is as you said, is to think about what kind of television watcher you are and to think about watching television differently. So what I, the way we cut the cord, um, and this was back in 2013 when I did it, was my wife and I watch maybe five to ten series a year 
Mm-hmm. And what we decided to do was essentially buy the series on iTunes or Amazon Prime for a vary between fifteen to thirty five dollars uh, uh, per season, mm-hmm. um, and watch it that way. And what happens is you first of all you get them without commercials, which is great. Yes, and then but as you add them all up, because you're paying not per month that per month, but as a one time purchase for the year or for the season, you actually save a lot of money in the initial spreadsheet that I did uh, back in 2013. I was paying about $1,400 a year for cable and I was able to reduce that down to around $400 a year. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it, it really made a big difference. I haven't run the numbers lately, but I suspect I probably am not saving that much today. Yes, I, I, I suspect that gap has been closed. And, you know, but, but to your point, though, and I think it should be, I, I think it's fair to mention this, one of the other nice things about, you know, cutting the cord with these services, and all of them do that, they not only have trial periods, but they're on-off type services, meaning that yeah, if you don't like Netflix one month, you can pause on it and not pay for it one month, and you can, pay, you can go on the following month. You know, you can go on and off without any type right. of penalty. There's and that's, no contract, uh, right? There's no contracts, and that, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, what about your perspective, Jr.? I mean, uh, when it comes to the the, uh, the, uh, the the selection topic, meaning that you know, trying to you know, once you know what you want to watch, you know, how how did you go about it in terms of well, I want to I want to instead of experimenting with three or four different services, what homework did you do to kind of nail what you know services you wanted to subscribe to? I I haven't really done as much homework yet. I mean, this has basically evolved out of conversations that Dwight and I have had and uh, his suggestions. Um, but there, and but you know, looking at I've, from time to time, I've looked at what play, what uh, Sling has offered, and and I know Dwight's mentioned uh, YouTube TV to me, and those sound mm-hmm. I mean very interesting. Very interesting. I'm kind of curious as to as to their packages. It's just it's just really just trying to make this sort of uh, mental leap, you know, and just and just do it, and and using that, you know, what Dwight suggested by just you know signing up for that you know that one month free system and then trying it out. Um, I mean, that's kind of I'm just trying to be, I'm just, I guess I'm just waiting to be nudged a little bit further and down that road to where I'm just, I just decided to try that and see if it, if it works for me. Um, I just haven't got to that point just yet. Uh, although I'm almost there. <laughs> you're you're going to get there. I sense that you're, you're going to get there. JR. Uh, JR is, JR is very deliberate. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't rush him into anything. Uh, well, they, that's, that's proof positive that you're a deliberate, uh, deliberative guy. Um, yeah. you, you know, the interesting thing is, and you know, this throws a curveball into this whole discussion, is that, you know, you, Dwight, you mentioned before that, you know, the, the opportunity um, to, you know, save money has declined over time because the, the, the streaming services are increasing their prices, not in big ways, but they're in, they increase them modestly. And if you subscribe to five or six, six of them, like many people do, you know, the, the, that gap in terms of what, uh, what you may have saved with a traditional cable subscription has really closed. Not, it hasn't closed entirely, but there's no question that people who um, uh, look at a, are looking at a cable subscription versus a, um, uh, you know, four or five different uh, streaming services, you probably can save some money, but not quite as much. But what really throws that curveball that I referenced before into this is that the cable companies have the advantage of, or they're generally the provider that's pro- providing you with internet access because what people, some people, my, I had this conversation with my brother about a month ago. He wanted to cut the cord. He was very excited. He spent about a half an hour on the phone with me. And then when I said, said to him, you know, you realize that you're going to have to get someone is going to have to provide you with internet access. 
and in many places around the country, you still only have one or two choices. Sometimes you only have one choice. And, uh, and, and the cable companies will, la- will leverage that advantage all day long because if you're the only choice for Internet access, well, guess what? You know, you're really not going to have that much flexibility to do an a, a Internet-only offering because they price things in such a way that if I want Internet access, they make it, you know, they try to make it attractive to be a cable uh, premium cha- uh, channel subscriber as well. So, and so that adds a, a bit of complexity to the whole, you know, calculation. Wouldn't you agree with that, guys? No, I, I would say that that, that probably is, is one f- factor in my reluctance to do this. To do this overall is that whole untangling mm-hmm. uh, that you just mentioned. What about you, yes. Dwight? Well, what's in in Houston? We have kind of an interesting situation because in most places we have your choice of AT&T or Comcast are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Verizon has blown into town uh, with its 5G home, which is a wireless service. But, you know, it's not everybody can get it. And and, uh, and even if it's in your neighborhood, you know, if there's a big enough, thick enough tree standing in the way between you and it, the millimeter wave service it's providing, mm-hmm. you're not going to get service. So, so there are other options there. Um, What's interesting is that as as 5G begins to proliferate, you have a lot of wireless carriers who are interested in becoming ISPs and cable providers. You know, probably top of the list at the moment is T-Mobile, and, and they're they have you know they've made a lot of noise about wanting to disrupt uh, the cable mm-hmm. TV world they have in the carrier world. So you're you're the the landscape as it is now for a lot of people could change over time. But ultimately, at the moment, yeah, pretty much whoever gives you your, your cable service is likely also going to be your internet provider, and, and it will cost more. And everybody knows about that maddening dance you may have to do once a year where your cable or internet price goes up, and you make that angry phone call to Comcast <laughs> or Internet or Charter and try to you know bargain them down, and, and that is only going to get – that also is only Right. Well, and, and, and I want to put a plug into what you just said, uh, Dwight, because I encourage everyone to do that. If you're a cable subscriber, whoever your provider is or a satellite provider, um, and, and, and there are many people out there that don't like being nasty on the phone, but it really, you know, the, 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 phone, the uh, cable guys and satellite guys are kind of prepared for it. So it's, it used to be hard to have that conversation, but now it's pretty easy that if you're on the phone with your cable provider and you can do it once a year, you're, there is a likelihood you'll get a better deal. It may not be as, as, as wonderful as it used to be a year ago, but um, there's no, I, to me, there's no excuse for taking a price right. increase. You know, I think you, everyone, it's worth the five minute of aggravation to make that phone call because it will generally yield results. But, but I will say, Dwight, you mentioned the two magic letters that I do want to talk about, which is going to be on everybody's mind this year vis-a-vis their cell phone, is 5G. Because 5G, I think, is going to be another, you know, call it another screwball that comes in. I'm using a lot of baseball analogies because I can't bring up the Houston Astros. I don't want to talk about uh, <laughs> how, how horrible they are from a cheating standpoint. Well, that'll be a separate podcast that Dwight and I can do later. Uh, but <laughs> but um, the... Um, but the, on the subject of 5G, to me, 5G 
could be really, could be a godsend for a number of uh, people. When it comes fully online, again, this is not going to probably happen. It will happen in parts of America this year. But over the next couple of years, there's Millimeter Wave. And for those of you who, who don't know what Millimeter Wave is, mo Millimeter Wave is the implementation of 5G that will deliver the up and down speeds, you know, close to a gigabyte speeds up and down uh, uh, without having to have line of sight considerations. So you can be in a building and, uh, and I think you and I had this conversation not too long ago where I was down at Qualcomm for they had a big demo day for us tech analysts and they it does work you know that they had you know cell, 5G cell towers out there and we were embedded inside a conference room inside a building and we were getting incredibly impressive speeds but that's going to take some time for that to get built out but once it does get built out you know, competition will be a wonderful thing. And what I'm hoping for is that 5G will become, you know, the, uh, because the speeds are really incredible um, with millimeter wave, will become the, uh, the enabling capability that you'll be able to cut the cord from an, internet, from an internet access standpoint. Everyone will be able to get very inexpensive internet, internet access. You won't have to pay $80, $90, $100 a month. Hopefully, you'll be able to get it down for 50 or below you know, for really impressive speeds, because if that becomes a much more affordable thing, then all of a sudden those pay services, whatever you subscribe to, become a, a lot more um, intriguing uh, to investigate. W would you support, either one of you support that, uh, that hypothesis in terms of how, how 5G might play into all of this over time? Well, I Why? think, you know, increasingly I'm becoming more skeptical about the wonders of 5G um, really, think, I'm, I'm surprised yes. to hear that. Really, I'd like. To hear yes, that. well, and and uh, and maybe six months ago, if you had said I was going to say that, I would have been surprised too. Mm -hmm. But the exper but the experiences that I've had with it so far, and mm -hmm. the reality of what happens with millimeter wave trying to pass through buildings and through trees and mm -hmm. and so forth is shows that there's some serious limitations to it. And I know that the infrastructure is still being built out. Mm -hmm. That that uh, you know the, the the 5G phone that we have now is not the 5G phone uh, in the way it will work five years from now, mm -hmm. and that um, you know that it's really a stew of technologies. But it 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 reminds me kind of of a Rube Goldberg machine for for those who understand that reference, <laughs> and and it it requires a lot of moving parts to do a lot of things right. And uh, so far, I'm not seeing it. You know, I, you know, I, I, I think that your skepticism, I think, is justified. There's no question about that. And maybe it's because I'm here in the valley, and you know, everybody's got 5G in the brain, and you know, the uh, the you know, I can't get pinged by a friend or a, or a family member that says, "Hey, Mark, you know, when when, am, when is 5G going to happen?" Generally, it's tied to my cell phone. You know, when should I buy a cell phone? Right, and, right. you know, and I, I would never tell a person today, and I think you'd pro both of you would probably give your friends and family the same advice, is that your next cell phone has to have 5G. You have to right. future-proof. Well, and, mm. and here in Houston, um, we have Sprint 5G is available here. Mm -hmm. We have T-Mobile has, has lit up its, uh, its 5G network uh, here in Houston, and it's just barely faster than 4G. Mm -hmm. uh, Verizon has has lit up its millimeter wave mobile service but it's in very few places and you have to be outside and near a within line of sight to a tower in order to get impressive speeds but it's you know so that, not, that, if you go inside really, it defeats the purpose well, see, that, that's, that's interesting, uh, Dwight, because the millimeter wave uh, demos that Qualcomm has been doing, 
um, rebutes that. Are you sure that the towers that are are millimeter wave towers? Yes. Yes. Really? Uh, it's it's yes. And and the situation is, I would not be so. One of the things that that um, the carriers are talking about doing is essentially having a form of repeater inside and outside the building. Mm -hmm. And you might want to ask Qualcomm if they had any equipment inside the building where you were that carried the signal through the walls. Yes, yeah, so we, we asked that question, and they claimed that everything... Now, keep in mind, the tower was in the courtyard. If you've ever been down to Qualcomm in San Diego, it was in their courtyard, which is right in front of their building. So uh -huh. um, so it, it, if, it was, if it was 50 yards away, it's, it was not that, that far away from the building. But I think, you know, if, if it turns out, and again, we're, we're, we're kind of deviating from the cord cutting topic, but it's an important right. topic. If, if it it's turns a out... It's cord cutting because if they're going to sell this, yes. these speeds mm -hmm. as equivalent to broadband, they've got to be able to deliver and be competitive with broadband in order to make it work. I mean, cable isn't sitting still there working on the DOCSIS 4 standard. It's standard, that's and, right. Uh, that's right. And so there's a lot more coming. And, it, you know, it's they really have to deliver on the promise. And so far in the real world, um, that's not what I've seen. Well, I no. will tell you that if, 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 if real 5G millimeter wave uh, capability requires, you know, every building, every home to employ, even if it's inexpensive, some type of um, repeater. And I haven't heard that, honestly, but if, if it does, just for the sake of argument, um, then I think then we're looking for a completely different type of rollout because that's going to take time. You know, there's already been a lot of pushback in a lot of neighborhoods around the country about, you know, 5G towers. I don't want this ugly thing in my backyard, which is understandable, by the way. But, it, but it, it, I, was at a, I was on a panel here of uh, commercial building owners, uh, talking to a bunch of commercial building owners, and there was uh, somebody from AT&T there, and and that question was asked about, you know, a lot, as, as you know, Mark, a lot of the buildings here that are glass there, mm -hmm. uh, they're very thick glass. They are designed to For uh, repel sunlight and also right. to repel sunlight because it's so mm -hmm. bright here, mm -hmm. which is also, you know, does not do well for high frequency radio waves. And, and AT&T was talking about employing uh, essentially a, a pair of plates one on the outside of the glass, one on the inside of the glass that would then be used to bring the millimeter wave uh, signal inside. And that, that was kind of what they were talking about. That, that It's very expensive. Now, if you start <laughs> asking a building right. that they have to change um, glass in their building for the... Uh, for the the capability to transmit signals inside. Now you're making me pessimistic. I'm going to be. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I was optimistic about five G on this call. Now I'm now I'm pessimistic. Um, what we, in our few minutes left left, and I want to get, pull Jr. back into this is, um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the hot topics, and it's been a hot topic for some time, and it's and it's unfortunately an underappreciated topic, is the whole OTA over the air element of cord cutting and you know for those again who you know we, when you're in the tech space you're always using acronyms OTA stands for over the air and um, a lot of people still don't believe uh, understand that you know for the last 20 years um, the uh, FCC has mandated that local broadcasters must broadcast their programs um, through through they're not it's not really quite digital but signals in the air over the air which is where the acronym comes from and with a digital tuner in your TV or other digital devices that we'll talk about within a 30 40 50 mile range uh, that content is actually streamed in an HD uh, HD format and you can get all that content for free 
Um, so in, in, in places like um, Houston, which is ideal because Houston's very flat, um, depending on what part of Houston you live in, uh, you know, it's, it's actually a godsend because it really is a nice way of, um, supp- of um, uh, layering a nice layer on top of your cord cutting um, uh, strategy in your house because you can get those signals for free. It's all the local uh, TV channels, the, the, the Foxes, the ABC, CBS, all the local affiliate stuff, all the local news, um, sports, and, and weather that I was talking about before. And what's even better from my perspective is that you know, a lot of the pro- they're coming out with some. There's some great products on the market that allow you to capture that OTA signal and share that um, content within the home on other TV with streamer devices. You can watch that content um, on other devices outside your home. So if I had a box like that, a one of the more popular ones is Air TV Two. It's a product that's made by Dish. There's a product called Tableau. There's another number of them that are on the market. You can stream that content, that OTA content from your home to outside your home, almost like a sling box years ago if you recall that. So I um, want to get your perspective, uh, uh, JR. Are you yourself looking at, you know, cord cutting, OTA cord cutting products? Is that something that interests you? Well, you know, it's it's funny because I find myself explaining to a lot of people just pretty much what you said regarding OTA about how, you know, did you know that you could just buy a, you know, a, a, digital, con- a digital box and you could watch dozens upon dozens of channels mm-hmm. uh, here in Houston? So I've, I've found myself telling a lot of people uh, who may not might not have known about this, just, you know, what's what's available to them mm-hmm. through OTA. Now, um, Xfinity uh, uh, picks up some uh, some of those channels. Um as part of the as part of their service, so um, I can I can watch some of those channels through my cable package as well. Right, uh, and and so I find myself to be honest, I find myself watching those channels pretty much more often than uh, some of the other channels or some of the hundreds of other channels that are offered through Xfinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, it allows me to catch up on TV shows that uh, you know that were either that came and went before I was even born, or or <laughs> ones that I was just too young to understand or too young to, uh, to probably watch. So um, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting in that sense. I've start I've watched it was part of my morning routine to watch the A Team. So that was kind of interesting. Oh my! Uh, now, Jr. Now you're dating both <laughs> both uh, Dwight and myself, the A Team. <laughs> But you, oh, yeah. you know, you, there's, a, there's a great show called Manix. Have you ever heard of that? That's really uh, good. Um, <laughs> God. Manix. Um, what about uh, so, uh, so, you know, my routine? Oh my was one a.m. I watch I watch Manix because I work nights. So I when I get home, I just I, I watch that. That's a great show. <laughs> so it's it's just something that uh yeah I mean I I I I, I totally have have gone into that uh, the OTA uh, offering. So I, I'm totally a fan of that. Yeah, I mean, which to me, inter- what's fascinating to me about that category is at least the people I speak to. I mean, probably half of them are saying, "Is that illegal? I, I can get all this stuff for free," which blows me away. I mean, that, and just an indication of the great job our government does in terms of communicating things to the people that you've got this free asset you can take advantage of. But uh, have you have you added OTA uh, capability to your uh, cord cutting setup, uh, Dwight? Um, have- I use it occasionally as as I need it. I'm um- I'm not a big uh, NFL fan, but my mom is, mm-hmm. and um, and so she likes to watch uh, Houston Texans games uh, with me. And so I drag out a twenty-five dollar uh, digital antenna that I connect to my uh, TV, right, and, and use it for that. And 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 at times when I am um, 
when I want to watch something, say, that is on um, that's on uh, broadcast television that I can, that I, there's no other way for me to get um, on by way of streaming. For example, some of the uh, like the Democratic debates were held on uh, ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if I wanted to watch them, I, you know, dragged out the antenna, but I use it. I use it really kind of only for that. I have enough options for what I want to watch. I'm, I'm a sling TV uh, customer. Right, for example, and uh, that I can pretty much get what I want. There's also this really interesting uh, company that's uh, we have it here in Houston. I know it's in New York and other cities around the country called Lowcast. Yes, right, O C A S T, and it's a nonprofit that is trying to take advantage of of a legal loophole involving nonprofits and the ability for them to rebroadcast digital signals. Uh, yeah. yeah, over digital signals, A O T A signals. Um, to areas that can't normally get it, and right. um, which is allowed in the law, um, they're, they're being sued up one side and down the other, as you can imagine, by broadcasters trying to stop them, as right. was Aereo earlier. Yes, which, but, did doom, doom, which doomed them, right. Right, right. But Aereo, I mean, Lowcast is here, and if you pay them you know, as little as $5 a month, uh, it's essentially streaming over-the-air television yeah. in Houston. Well, so, you know, so that, that's also an option. You, you, you know, you should definitely check out why check out that Air TV two um, product because it, it, it's it's manufa- again they they you wouldn't know that it's manufactured by Dish because they try to keep the company separate. But um, since Dish is the um, purveyor of Sling TV, it's very well integrated into the Sling TV interface. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so and if and the, the Sling TV interface is very nice. It's very easy to use. It's, it's very um, it's very cable like. You know, the, the, uh, very, you know, uh, probably the best interface on the market that I have found is uh, as much as I'm not crazy about Comcast. Sometimes their Xfinity interface is actually quite nice, and they, it's probably as good as that. And the, the, the it integrates the Air TV channels into your channel lineup. So you should check that out when you get a chance. In any event, that's all the time we have because we could talk about this forever. Uh, JR, I'll let you get back to watching Kojak. Um, uh, I mean, that I cannot believe you came out with the Mannix reference. I mean, I know what Mannix was, but even that was an old show when I was a kid on the yeah, air. If, 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 uh, can I add something real quick? Actually, yeah, sure, uh, sure. Um, one thing I've also been talking up with other people is, um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's called Pluto TV. And it's like this, it's this app pretty much or, uh, or another s- uh, service that I can add to my Roku subscription, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's streaming. It's a streaming option. It's got hundreds of channels on there, um, movies, TV shows as well. And some of it's, they've, they've partnered with some of the other, you know, b- uh, cable channels to where they'll show old, old shows from the 90s and, and the aughts uh, just on, on repeat. For quite a while, there's a there's a doc, classic Doctor Who channel um, that they offer through there, where they show the 1970s, 1960s, 80s episode of Doctor Who. Right, right. And so, and, and it's just you know, and great documentaries and old movies. There's a Paramount channel that shows old movies on there, and it's just it, again, and only they have commercials. I mean, they have commercials in there. That's that's the, that's you know, that's kind of the the caveat, but it's it's free otherwise. And and I've been telling people about that because that's that's become part of my TV viewing uh, routine as well. Is mm-hmm. is just that, um, and it's just something that I've added through my Roku. Um, so yeah, well, well, and and you know, before we sign off, and we were all talking about this before we began the podcast, is that the, the linear television 
has changed enormously. I mean, I, I think maybe it's unfair to say that it's dead, but the, the, the business model, and it's still evolving, of course, um, as Dwight and I were talking about before the, the, the podcast began, it's, it's incredibly, um, to me, very um, exciting in terms of some of the changes because never before have you had the kind of choice um, in terms of content. You've got Netflix the other day who got, got more Academy Award nominations than the studios. I mean, Daryl Zanuck would be rolling over his grave. That's an old reference. He was one of the great, great movie producers during the 40s, 50s, and 60s. I mean, no one would have believed that a startup, and Netflix is far from a startup today, but that, hey, this small company that you know, it's only been around for about 15 or 16 years would have a more Academy Award nominations than the major studios. Uh, but there's, there's, there's more content to choose from. Uh, but I think the, the chief message to pull away from all this is, is education. Just make sure before you jump into it, do your homework. Um, you know, try to understand the channels that you're watching most of the time because, again, as I said, most people watch a handful of channels 90% of the time. You know, do your um, investigation. You know, make OTA a part of your um, – a part of your OTA court cutting, a part of your court cutting lineup, and I think uh, you know the experience can be a good one. But uh, before we sign off, Dwight, how can we get a hold of you uh, uh, on uh, let's your Twitter handle? Can you, you can you uh, read that out to the audience? Sure, it's D Silverman, D S I L V E R M A N. If you want to drop me an email, it's Dwight dot Silverman at Cron C H R O N dot com. And if you want to follow me on a new newsletter that I've launched. It's uh, Release Notes, and it's HoustonChronicle.com slash Release Notes. Great. And JR, how do we get a hold of you? Oh, well, I guess if you know we want to discuss this, some episode of The Six Million Dollar Man, I guess they could, um, <laughs> they could reach me at Houston, HoustonChronicle.com slash Bayou City History. Uh, I'm also at, uh, on Twitter at Bayou, B-A-Y-O-U-C-T-Y History. Um, that's a, that's another way to reach me as well. Well, I, I can't I can't top that reference. Uh, we'll have to do a tribute to the to Gilligan's <laughs> Island when we do this podcast again. But to everybody, to the more insights and strategy audience, thank you for joining us today and listening to the podcast. Please follow us vis-a-vis our usual social media suspect partners. That's that's uh, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And until next time, have a great week. Mm-hmm.